Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Watching a lot of 2021 tape today. I've watched probably about 18 players today, which is a lot mm. to jam into the workday. I've probably watched about 18 so far of, uh, again, going over the top 40 to 50 kids in Alabama to kind of come up with a loose ranking and uh, find a couple of good ones. Well, before we get into anything, I want to tell everybody again, like we did yesterday about NICO Sports. We're really pumped about them coming on as sponsors. Uh, they have a super cool-looking football commemorating the amazing 17-18 championship season with Alabama. This full-size football includes the autograph of two-time national champ and Atlanta Falcons' number one draft pick, Calvin Ridley. We all know Calvin Ridley. He's a superstar. Uh, the football includes all the scores from that season, 17-18, on one panel, and the other panel includes the Sugar Bowl logo where they – Alabama, that is, beat down Clemson. I was at that game with my daughter, so that game means a lot to me personally. Um, and then, of course, Calvin Ridley caught two touchdown passes in the national – or one touchdown pass, the tying touchdown pass, in the national championship game against Georgia uh, that helped us get to overtime. This football is only $149. They have less than 50 left, less than 50. So you need to call one 800 345 Six eight right away. One eight hundred three four five two eight six eight. You can also go visit them online at nicosports.com. That's n i k c o sports.com. Check out. Also, they've got all this Tua autographed stuff, but they have a Tua autographed, ready to be framed custom jersey. That's Yikes. very very cool. So go check that out and tell them that you heard about them here on Locked On Bama. We would certainly appreciate it. And our good friend Julio, who uh, I've been speaking to about this sponsorship, he would appreciate it too. So, Jimmy, we're going to just sort of be all over the board today. Uh, you know, these Tuesday podcasts get kind of weird when there's not a Bama game on at night, uh, basketball-wise. We got Auburn tomorrow, um, and we're going to get into some more of our superlatives on the recruiting class from this past season. We got cut a little bit short in the last podcast, but a few things of note. First of all. Uh, happy birthday, Josh Jacobs, uh, 22 years old today. He got screwed out of that rookie of the year thing, too. He should have won that. I mean, Kyler Murray's going to get the benefit of the doubt because quarterbacks in the NFL are everything. But you know what? Josh Jacobs was better. I think he was better, and I think he should have been rookie of the year. And there are non-Alabama, non-Raider fans. I mean, the, the, the non-biased people have that opinion that maybe Josh should have won it. I'll just say that, you know, 32 teams, everyone's got a first-round pick. Uh, you know, when you're picking one one rookie of the year, <laughs> just singling out one or two guys in the NFL is extremely difficult because the league is full of freaks, full of great, great, great players. And uh, it's just difficult to narrow it down to one. The fact that Josh was just legitimately part of the argument is, is in and of itself – one hell of a compliment to him, and uh, happy birthday, Josh. And he's fourth in the NFL all time with most yards before being 22 years old or, or at 22 years old. That's pretty damn cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? or, you know, before, so um, considering where and, he was just, just four years ago, <clears throat> lightly recruited, no offers. I mean, that's just four years ago. Yeah. So that's, that's nuts. 
Um, ESPN just really not too long ago came out with uh, some some games. The, the 12 games they're really excited about for next year and just running oh, these down quickly. Michigan at Washington, that's a good game. And I think Ohio State travels to Oregon too, so that's interesting. Okay. But then they have North Dakota State at Oregon, Texas oh. at LSU, Auburn, North Carolina, Georgia at Bama. I mean, obviously, that one's going to be on there. We'll talk about it in a second. Florida State at Boise State, which is the same day as Alabama, Georgia. What a weird game for them to have to go play. Um, Oklahoma at Army. Hey, man, I, I want to stand up and clap for Oklahoma yep. going to this game. I've been saying for years, Alabama should travel to Navy or travel to Army and, and play You know, play in Philadelphia or, what, or in Baltimore – you know, play in those professional stadiums if you want to, but call it an Army or Navy home game. The good PR, the goodwill you get from that is incalculable. Oh, and what an awesome – I mean, I know this. I, I go to – not all the road games, but I go to some. You, you probably go to more than I do. Uh, but I know this. If we were playing at West Point or at Annapolis, I'm there. I am. That, that's one of the – that's one of the few that I, I'm just there. That's a slam dunk. Oh, heck yeah, I'm going to that. So I, th- I think it's a great idea. And yeah, I applaud Oklahoma for not only the PR end of it, not only the America end of it, but man, that's a tough road trip. I mean, you're agreeing to play that option team and the cut blocking and everything else at their place. Uh, whew, uh, man, good luck, Oklahoma. Thanks, thanks yeah. for playing the game, and good luck getting out of it alive. Yeah, yeah. look, I'm all for playing the game. Uh, I'm all for playing the game, but I kind of want to play it like first game of the year, not in the middle of – Oklahoma's playing it late September, sort of in the middle of their conference season in, to some extent. I, I don't want to do that. Um, and then Alabama at Ole Miss. Um, that's silly. And take, don't put I think that, it's a little yeah. – that's silly to put that game on the list just because Alabama is going to be favored by nearly 40 and yeah, lane versus Nick. And that'll be the thing all week. But how about lane versus Nick when Ole Miss is good and they're not going to be good. And Alabama is, that's just, that's soap opera ish to me. It's not a great football matchup. Not yet. Uh, of course, John Rice Plumley, you know, that's what they bring up and, and the talent disparity is obvious. Is he going to be is- the quarterback? Maybe I'm just dead wrong about this, but. I just didn't even think he would be the quarterback next year. I mean, uh, everybody yeah. acts like that's a done deal. Heck, I can't help but think he's going to be a wide receiver next year. Matt Cor- Matt uh, Corral is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And Corral and and Kiffin sort of have the same personality too. If you remember, uh, Matt Corral when he was being recruited was a five star quarterback. Everybody wanted him. It looked like for all the world he's going to go to Georgia for a moment, and then Georgia backed off. And then you know he comes to Alabama, and it looks like he might commit to Alabama, and then Alabama backs off, and you're like, what the hell's going on? And it turns out he may have been a little too big for his britches, uh, according to most rumors. And um, he just sort of rubbed some coaching staffs the wrong way, which we've seen happen in the past. And uh, he ended up at Ole Miss, which was very strange at the time because, you know, Ole Miss was kind of in the midst of this probation crap. And uh, they get a former five-star quarterback, you know, four-plus star. It was weird, and it made you think he didn't have a ton of options. Yeah, I don't think he did because of off-field stuff. But, but, but he was a talented kid, and I think when he was healthy last year – he he looked pretty good to me. He didn't look great. I'm just saying to me, Lane Kiffin, for all the talk about Lane and Blake Sims and, and all that stuff, 
Lane had never been a spread quarterback before Alabama. And then even at Alabama, yes, with Blake, we ran a total complete up-tempo spread. But then we went to the Jake Coker offense, you know, uh, before, before having the Jalen offense, which was somewhat similar to Blake. And that's what people remember of Lane. But, but Lane has always been a pro-style guy before he got there. And I don't think at Florida Atlantic he had a defensive back playing quarterback. So yeah. I, 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 just, I just don't see – I mean, maybe I'm just wrong and didn't see John Reese Plumley play enough. But when, when our lane was going to Ole Miss, the immediate assumption I made is, well, that'll be the end of John Reese Plumley quarterback. And Lane, to his credit, will figure out how to make the dude a weapon without being the quarterback. And, uh, and, and then Matt Corral is more of a traditional drop back pro passer. He'll be the quarterback. So now I, I, maybe, maybe I'm all wrong. And John Reese takes every single snap in the spring and he's just the guy. Lane builds it around him and I'm just wrong. Uh, but I'm stunned to read when I do that, well, Lane and Plumley are going to be a great duo. Like Plumley's going to play quarterback. Right now he's playing baseball. Yeah. Uh, and then they got Texas A&M at Auburn, and the, the theory behind that is A&M should be undefeated coming into that game, and right. this is the time for Jimbo to shit or get off the pot, which I totally agree with. I mean, <laughs> if they can't go in and beat Auburn this year, who's replacing their entire offensive line, replying, replacing most of their good defensive players, and uh, you don't – hell, they may not even have Anthony Schwartz, who was probably their most dynamic weapon. Um, and they've lost who was their starting tailback for this year in the transfer portal. If A and M can't go in there and beat them this year, they—I mean, you've got to wonder as an Aggie fan: Have we spent this seventy-five million dollars wisely? Yeah, couldn't agree more. A couple things: couldn't agree more. A and M—they're about face on their schedule is something unlike we've ever seen. Where last year they played a schedule that would have made the Patriots flinch. I mean, their schedule was impossible. I, I mean, it was crazy hard, their schedule, and they finished something like seven and six or eight and five or something, and, and you'd think, boy, what an average football team. I don't know. They, they, they had to play uh, an NFL division champion on the road every week, it seemed. Uh, so the schedule's impossible. Now, just one year later, gosh, their schedule looks all of a sudden what I would call extremely manageable considering they're in the SEC West, couldn't agree more that Auburn's the make-or-break game for them. And if they're good enough to beat Auburn, then they're good enough to beat everyone on their schedule with the potential exceptions of LSU and, and Alabama. And if Jimbo finishes 10-2, and two, uh, I'll think they'll believe he's on the right track there. And frankly, he should finish 10-2 and two with the team he's got, in my opinion. And uh, they should be better than Auburn. If he's not... I know A&M's rich, and I know they've got some billionaire boosters, but that's going to be one expensive contract to buy out, brother. Yeah, and uh, just running through the rest of them, Alabama at LSU, I mean, that's a no-brainer to put on there. Clemson at Notre Dame, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. I, you know, the, yeah, why is just, that on there? You, um, know, that, you know what's dumb about that? And, and I love this list. I love it, and now it's fun <laughs> to criticize the hell out of it. Um, here's what's dumb about that. Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach played against each other in the Pac-12. This isn't the first time. Kiffin was at USC while Leach was at Washington State. They've played against each other. Was that on their list? Was that on the top ten must-see? Yeah. I mean, I think 
I guess it's the SEC, it's the SEC West, it's the peeing in the end zone that got everybody fired. Uh, I, I guess it's that, but I'm just saying that I think it's funny that Mississippi, the state of Mississippi has Kiffin and Leach too, but let's not, let's not turn it into something else. It, it's not Saban and Urban Meyer, you know? Yeah. And they played um, against each other before, and I don't recall seeing USC versus Washington State on that list, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, so now let's go ahead and work our way back into these superlatives. For those who don't know, um, Jimmy and I, every year when we get done with our signing classes, uh, we t- we sort of do a, a superlatives that's is pretty standard fare on some categories and other categories, not so standard. I mean, we talk about who's destined for a medical hardship. I mean, because somebody always is. Well, and and the whether it's a true medical that is a horrible, horrible category. But I think it's a fair category because something <laughs> that always comes up. It does I happen. Mean, it's, it does happen. It's always a thing. Um, it does happen. And I think this is about where we left off last time. And here's where the categories start getting a little bit off kilter. Not NFL material, but will eventually be missed. And my selection for this category was Christian Story. Uh, and this is what I had to say. This is a tough call. But I'm just not sure where Story will play at Bama, much less in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I love this kid, and I'm thrilled Alabama signed him. However, it'd be like my wife bringing home a hot 20-something female friend one night after several, several, several fireball shots. I like that it happened, but I'm really not sure what to do next. And I think that's that's very fair with Christian Story. I called him in the 1A state championship game. And he was amazing. He was everywhere. He was so much better than everybody. It was like that that skit Peyton Manning did for Saturday Night Live where he was out there like teaching young kids how to play football and he was treating it very seriously. And like if they dropped a pass, he'd be, come on, you dumbass, you know, catch it. I mean, he was so much better than everybody. It wasn't fair. That yeah. said, he was so good at every position I'm not so sure he wouldn't best at quarterback. And I don't think I know anybody who thinks he's going to play quarterback at Alabama. So I, I don't know where he's going to wind up, but I think he'll be a big help to us. It's just at the next level, what? That's that's my only thing. Well, first of all, I know what to do when the wife brings home the hot 20-year-old because I Googled it. <laughs> I, I spent some time Googling, and I, I, I made a list. So it's, it's, it's written down. By uh, the time you finished Googling – <laughs> you're she already left. done <laughs> she left that's right yeah. <laughs> and and they both left yeah uh, nothing turns on a hot 20 something that your wife brings home like saying hey could you give me a second i need to get my readers and google something <laughs> <laughs> but just relax ncis is on yeah uh so okay so the player i, I went with uh and my thinking of it was a. Uh, I went with Jackson Bratton, reason being that while I might be underselling his athleticism a little bit, because I think the kid is a good athlete, actually. I, I, think, he's, I think he's a quality athlete, and I think maybe it is a, a kid that might have NFL measurables down the road, but the NFL is really, really into measurables. That's why they hold that, uh, that's why they hold that combine in Indianapolis, because that's kind of like a big thing in that league. Uh, now, Jackson's measurables are pretty good. I'm just saying when I watch his tape, I think of him as here's a really good college prospect and our fans aren't looking forward to him 
just haven't seen the tape or, or know enough. Jackson Bratton uh, is a good fit with the rest of these freak linebackers that we signed. However, you know, Drew Sanders, Chris Braswell, Will Anderson, the, these, these are guys with maybe some freaky measurables that the NFL is going to love, whereas Jackson Bratton is just more of a college prospect to me. So he's my answer, but, uh, but I don't mean to sell him short by that. I, I think he has a really bright future. No, that's – and again, if – if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking, boy, you're killing these kids. That's, that's not what we're trying to do. We're just, we're trying to lay this out there very realistically. Like we, we try to come up with these interesting categories that, um, you know, it's easy for everybody to say, Oh, it's, there, there's nothing worse than reading a recruiting report. And everybody's like, Oh, this guy could be a star. Well, they all could be stars, but I mean, yeah, if you want to get out on the wire and take a guess at something real, that's fine. Um, this category does kind of suck. And again, I, we have both said in this podcast and several podcasts, and when they committed, Jackson Bratton and Christian Story are two kids we yeah. loved as we players, like and we're thrilled we have them. So that's, that's right. Not here on this show, it's Oscar week. Here on this show, you don't just get best actor and best actress. You get best cinematographer. You get best and worst and worst cinematographer. <laughs> you do. You get of all the people of all the people that voted for best cinematographer. Here's the worst one. That, that. That's the if the Oscars had shittiest film, biggest disappointment, huge flop. That, okay, how much better would it be? And how much better would it be to stick a pin in some of these jackasses' egos? Like, here's the thing. You know what? I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. And I know a lot of people don't. They boycott the Oscars, which I think is stupid. And then there are other people who just like these these guys. You know, they worship what they're saying, which is also stupid. But for Brad Pitt, a guy who's only known for uh, dumping Jennifer Aniston and marrying the broad who had a, a vial of Billy Bob Thornton's blood on her neck, and for great abs, that's the only reason he got it. Ever got an acting gig was acting gig was great abs in Thelma and Louise. For him to get up there and say, "Hey, you know," they they said I only have forty five seconds to make this acceptance speech. Um, and which is more than 45 seconds more than John Bolton got. I, I'm like, hey, you pompous turd. Nobody cares about your opinion on that. And if, you know, take a page out of Ricky Gervais's book when, when he said, go up there, get your award, thank everybody and move on. I mean, we, we don't, I'm so, it would be so much better if somebody ever said, you know what, Brad, here's the deal. We're going to go back to one of your shittier films and give you an award for just the biggest letdown. And it's not in the Oscar statue. Instead of standing tall with with everything together and looking very regal, it's like a picture of a dude like hunched over, like really sad. And instead of gold, it's like some brown color. It's like a shit brown. And like, here, take, put that on your mantle, turd. I mean, you know, just, just stick a pin in it. We don't care what you think about politics. You are here to... To, to get an award because you were in a, in a movie that was pretty good. It was not a great year for movies, and you were in a movie that was pretty good. How about that? That was a rant. What, is a, what do they say on the Jim Rome show? Rack him. Rack him. <laughs> it just it's Why do That's they feel like they have to lecture us on their political ideologies when really we're like, Brad, you know, you can't figure out that Angelina right. Jolie is batshit crazy. You let Jennifer Aniston go. She still has the best bosoms in the country, and now she's 50 or whatever she is. They're still the best. 
They're not the biggest. They're not the strongest. They're not the longest. They're the best. They're just the best. And yeah, we need to work. Go. We need to work those into the category, the superlative categories next year. <laughs> I mean, just anyway. I'm who's going to be? Look, who's still going to be the best at fifty? The Jennifer Aniston category. We'll 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 work that in next year. I like it. Well, uh, yeah, the best at fifty is it's got to be A. Sean Robinson, right? Because he's going to look the same. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get into all that, but I think one thing that makes it a little easy for them to do that is, you know, when you're when you're giving a speech and you're laying it out there about your politics, I think it's easier to do that when you're in a room full of people that 90 percent of the people in the room agree with what you're saying. So it's it's easier. It's easier to do that when you're not in mixed company, I guess is the way to put it. And I think it's one of the reasons that they're so comfortable doing that because they know they won't get booed, not in front of that crowd. Well, and you know what, the thing that made me laugh and I watched some of the Oscars, obviously, I mean, I saw Brad Pitt's thing, but I'm not a stay up late for the Oscars kind of guy. In fact, I watched the outsider, which is much better by the way. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I found it hilarious as a huge college football fan that the college football national championship outdrew the Oscars this year is the worst ratings in Oscars history or something. And I'm as a college football fan and I'm like, this is awesome. And I, I I was for Joaquin Phoenix and I'm the same with Joaquin Phoenix. Look, man, he gets up there and he talks about raping cows. His speech was more weird and it was political in the sense that it was clearly, he's clearly very, very climate change. Yeah. 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 He clearly is, but yeah, his speech was more weird, but you know, it was weird, but, I kind of dug his in the sense that, okay, he's going to get up there and screw something up. We all know this. Like, and let's just see, let's watch this car wreck. Um, (laughs) It was almost like Joker won it. It was almost, (laughs) if Joker won best villain, that's the speech he'd give. Uh, And and then he'd blow up the auditorium. I mean, Robert De Niro was right in front of him and he didn't shoot him in the face this time. So there's that. (laughs) You know, know, that, that didn't happen. And it was, I'll tell you something. I know. It's not so much that it bothers me. It's just, uh, I really thought Ricky Gervais had put everybody in their place kind of with this thing. I really did. did. See, I enjoyed when Ricky put them in their place. And I enjoy, I just enjoy it all. You know, one thing, our football players, thankfully, you know, everybody agrees. Everybody listens to podcasts, loves Alabama football. We love all 85 of our players. But, you know, one of the reasons we love them is they don't get asked about this stuff. Yeah, you know, if all of our play, if all of our players got forty seconds on the microphone to tell us about their their political beliefs or their religious beliefs or or some man, all of a sudden it would just create all this and and and, and you know that's what the actors do when they when they take a stance. Now they they turn half the people off, but the way I look at it is, I don't care what what Brad I, I'm. I'm not going to vote or change any of my opinions based on what Brad Pitt thinks. Not because no. I think he's dumb. Not because I think he's dumb. Not because I don't think he deserves an opinion. Not because I get mad at him. But I don't care what Brad Pitt's opinions are and whether they measure up with or match up with mine or anybody else's. I, I get like you a little frustrated with. Yeah, you do get this bully pulpit. I mean, every you, you do get to speak in front of thirty million people. And how are you going to use it? I get a little frustrated that they use it for that because I think they could do something more constructive. How about this? Let's throw out a bouquet to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got the same situation. Now he didn't have 30 million. He probably had about 5 million, 
although a lot of people have watched it on tape. And when Burrow got the mic and got to speak to the country, he helped raise money for a food bank. I mean, there you go. That, that is awesome. And that should be universally applauded a lot more than, than Brad Pitt stating that he was mad that the impeachment trial didn't, didn't work the way he wanted it to work, um, which I, I think is just a little more selfish, you know. But, but I do applaud the general idea that, hey, I, I, I get this chance to address the country and, and I'm going to, you know, in his mind, he's making a difference. And I think he's wrong, but I guess it's better than getting up there and saying, I'm one hell of an actor and look how hot I am. I'm still smoking hot at 53 but years that old. that true. He's a pretty good actor and he is hot. And here's the other thing, Jimmy, if he had said it sort of like sarcastically or or with some humor, been like, boy, this is 45 more seconds than John Bolton got over here. You know, yeah. getting no respect. I yeah, think make everybody it a comedy. Yeah, we could have laughed about it. But he said it in such a condescending way that what pisses me off is, hey, man, I'm sitting here trying to escape the reality of yeah. my life. I'm in, I'm in bed alone in Alexander City, Alabama <laughs> at 7 o'clock watching the Oscars. That's how sad shit is for me. And I'm trying to escape <laughs> this thing I call life. And you get up there and rip me back into it. And you know what, dude? You're in a movie about Hollywood, which is fake as shit. Can I stay in your fake moment for a second? Without you ripping me back out of here? That's, anyway, okay, let's get off of that. Let's get off of that. Um, so, okay, new category. Um, destined, oh God. <laughs> destined for medical hardship. Crap. Now Brad, Pitt, okay. Brad Pitt's going to be talking about us next year. Well, here's the thing. We, we don't say, we're not wishing. We, we talk about Alabama football and we tell you that off the bat. That's what we know. And Brad, we don't know Brad Pitt knows a shit about politics. Hey, I, somebody might have told him who John Bolton was when he walked up there, for all we know. But anyway, um, all right, destined for medical hardship. Again, shitty category. We fully are aware of this. But, but, but. medical hardships happen every year at Alabama. Something always seems to happen. Nigel not. So, Nigel not. I mean, there it is. And now Nigel Mott may pick up his career somewhere else. Or Jared Butler's kind of an example, basketball-wise. We don't hear him. He's at Baylor whipping ass. Um, But I said Caden Clark, the tight end from Ohio. And I I hate this category. He is hurt. And he is hurt. Well, I'm getting to that. I said, said, but I'm contractually obligated to put a player here. I mean, he's already been hurt badly in high school. And if I don't put him here, who am I supposed to select? That's my only argument. It's not because I don't think Caden Clark's a good player. It's not because I think Caden Clark can't cut it at Alabama. It's because he's already been pretty badly hurt. And when that happens, it worries me. And I go, hey, I mean, I can't just predict somebody else is going to have some devastating injury. I just feel like, <laughs> hey, you know, if you've already started out the year or or the, your last high school year badly hurt. Or I think I did pick Nigel not many years ago. Actually, no, I didn't. I picked Elliot Baker, Irv Smith, which was a bad call. Hey, Elliot Baker Flowers. was a good pick. Elliot, ba- yeah. Elliot wasn't necessarily medical, but but it sort of all played out that way. These actually all were good picks by me, except for Irv Smith. Uh, Deshaun Flowers, J.K. Scott was not a good pick, but my argument was J.K. Scott weighed 106 pounds if he were holding a bowling ball and a dead raccoon. So I didn't think he was going to be able to survive. Uh, 
SEC football, but he could. Now he's kicking ass in the pros. Good kudos to him. Parker McLeod, Alex Morris, and Philip Ely. Those, and, I mean, those weren't bad so, picks by me. So, no, some of them, um, many of them never finished their – and that's really what this is about and not so much about injury. It's like, okay, we just signed these guys. Who's not going to finish their career here? Who's not playing four right. or five years? Who's leaving before four or five years? Right. That's really what we're talking about. And, you know, my answer was Q Robinson for many of the reasons you did, but here's my opinion. We can't keep an outside linebacker healthy. We haven't had a healthy outside linebacker since Brad Pitt was in Thelma and Louise, and we didn't know he was a Democrat then. <laughs> That's how long ago it was since, uh, since we've kept an outside linebacker healthy. So I had to pick, I had to pick an outside linebacker, and I went with one that's already hurt. So my answer is Q Robinson, who I think is one hell of a player. And uh, I'm going to do a freaking uh, Haitian witch dance ritual, hoping that he does stay healthy because I think the kid's a total badass. Um, and, okay, there's another category coming up that's also could be seen as negative, but I'm not going to go to that right now. I'm going to actually go with something more positive and say, can't wait to see the first play of, and I said, Will Anderson. After Alfano and Anoma both flamed out, I'm scared to pick a dude whose last name starts with A, but maybe Anderson is spelled with a silent T or a silent Y, like Tanderson or Yanderson or whatever. Um, well, whatever. Will is a superstar in the making. He's quicker than a cheetah's hiccup, and I bet we see him play against Southern Cal. Previous uh, picks by me, and these are all pretty good picks by me, but they were all pretty easy. Jalen Waddell, Jerry Judy, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, Cam Sims, Derrick Henry, Ryan Anderson, and Jesse Williams. Yep, those are good picks. Uh, and good answer, said, too, and a good answer because Will – Will showed out in those high school all-star games where he's playing against premier competition and all it did was make him better. So that's a good answer. I went with uh, Thayu Jones-Bell uh, for probably many of the reasons you picked Waddle a few years ago. Uh, I doubt he's going to be uh, in the return game this season because of, because of Waddle. But uh, to me, he is a, a, our best playmaking skill player of all the skill players we just signed. I think he's the best playmaker I think he's even a nice dark horse pick to maybe be the fourth receiver this fall. I think that's realistic. I wouldn't bet on it, but it's realistic. And uh, of all the freshmen uh, coming in, I think he's the guy that has the ability to make big plays in, in against SEC competition day one. That's, that's a really good pick. I like that a lot. Um, wish we had signed and didn't. Ooh, that's a good um, one. This is a good one. The big fish that got away. Kind of the big fish that got away. You know, I was going – I had Eric Gilbert all lined up to put in this mm -hmm. this slot, but the McKinley-Jackson thing just got me, uh, and especially his performance in the All-Star games. And I said, who needs a badass defensive lineman anyway, right, as I hold back my tears? Pete Golding's epitaph will now read, Here lies Pete Golding, killed mercilessly by McKinley-Jackson on February 5th, 2020, as he <laughs> decided to pick – uh, Texas A&M over Alabama. Well, I mean, that's also no, kind of true. You that's know. true. That's um, brutal. It's brutal, but it's true. Previous picks by me were Bobby Brown, also who went to Texas A&M, by the way. Uh, T.D. Moultrie, who hadn't really panned out like I thought he would. A.J. Yeah, Brown, that was a strong about him. Oh, I remember. I, I, I thought T.D. Moultrie was going to be really good. I, I was oh, me too. Him. He's about Maybe to be a senior. Hurt. That's crazy. 
Yeah. I thought T.D. Um, Moultrie was going to be really good. I, I about wept for a week when he uh, chose Auburn. I, I thought he was going to be great. And maybe he's been hurt. I, I don't keep up with Auburn like I, like I do Alabama for reasons that are pretty clear. Uh, A.J. Brown, who uh, obviously I nailed that one. I remember waxing poetic about that kid. I just going, mm-hmm. oh, my God, if we could just sign him. Uh, Keith Mixon, it didn't work out for him. Is he at Central Michigan now? Or is he done with college? I don't know where he finished his career. I mean, I know he's not at Mississippi State anymore. He either uh, eligible – I mean, he may either used up his eligibility or left. I don't know. But he was yeah. playing. I mean, th- there were a few big plays from Keith yeah. Mixon and Starkville. Not a lot, but he wasn't as good as neither me or you thought. Uh, you know, because yeah. I think we both felt he would be a, an impact player there, and it, it just didn't work out. Um, okay, so who did you wish we had signed and didn't? Yeah, I, I have a little bit different line of thinking. It's because of my perpetual grumpiness over not prioritizing the state. I almost always go with an in-state guy that I wish we had recruited earlier and harder and ended up landing, and in my opinion, the best prospect in Alabama – that we did not land in this class because we did a good job in terms of signing most of the, the best in-state players this year. So kudos for that to Nick Saban and the staff. But uh, I went with EJ Williams, uh, uh, who's headed to Clemson uh, wide receiver was a need for us. Uh, I had him ranked as the fourth best prospect in Alabama. And uh, I think EJ uh, much like Justin Ross is going to have a real good career at Clemson. And frankly, I think EJ Williams myself is a better prospect than Javon Baker or Treshawn Holden. So I went with EJ Williams as uh, the one I wish we'd signed. Uh, really quickly, guys, want to tell you again about Nyko Sports. Can't get over how amazing this new sponsor is and the memorabilia they have at nikosports.com. That's N I K C O sports.com. Literally, some of the best memorabilia you can get when it comes to Alabama, but they have memorabilia from all other kind of sports and teams as well, if you're interested in that. The 2017-18 football that they have, signed by Calvin Ridley, is fully embossed with all the scores and logos, including the Alabama Crimson Tide 17-18 National Champions logo. It's autographed by Ridley, as I mentioned, who caught the game-tying touchdown to send the game into overtime. They're going for $149 each. You need to call 800 345 2868 800 345 can also help you out, and they have great representation there. They will, uh, anybody that answers the phone or you chat with online will be able to help you. You have to check them out. You can also order online, as I mentioned, and it's N I K C O sports.com. Be sure to mention that Locked On Bama sent you. Um, so, Jimmy, a couple other things to close out the show here. Get a note that uh, Herb Jones uh, may be advancing a little more quickly in terms of healing that hurt wrist, and he could be back as early as next Wednesday against Texas A&M. That would be amazing. I know the hope, the hope, the morning of the surgery and after the surgery, the hope was six games. Like maybe where maybe he's only gone six games. Now it's even possible they're talking about five games. So. Frankly, I just, I, I mean, I'll think it's a huge victory for us if it's six. And uh, to be honest, I mean, if we think we're good, if we think we're a good team, that, that sixth game is a, is a home game against Texas A&M. I mean, let, let's beat A&M without Herb if, if we think we're good. But, yeah, I'll take him back when he's ready to be back. Yeah, and, we, of course, we got a huge game Wednesday night, which, frankly, again, 
we have no shot at winning. That shit's just not happening. And yeah. I know it's an Alabama podcast, but man, I'm living in reality here, boys. Is that's not going to happen? And girls. Um, also, quick shout out. We had one of our listeners tell us that, hey, so glad Nyko Sports is on board with you guys. Um, he actually knows some of the guys at Nyko Sports, and he was like, they're great people. They're good. I thought that was very, very cool. It's just a small world type of thing. Um, but then Alabama's huge game against LSU Saturday. Need a huge crowd. Need a win. Uh, if we're not going to beat Auburn, which we're not, we I think we got to beat LSU. You have to. Right. I almost need. I almost want to say my MVP for Saturday against LSU is <laughs> Fluff Fluffopotamus from Twitter. Cameron oh, yeah. Ratliff. He's got to, to get every student and every student seat, and they've got to be insanely drunk and loud. And it's on him. Whether we win or lose, it's all on Luke Ratliff, not Luke Robinson. Luke Ratliff. It's all on him. <laughs> don't don't make, put it on me. <laughs> make it a loud and intimidating place to play. And hope that's the day, because we're due this day. Hope that's the day that the shots fall. Yeah, I think that's – look, we don't mean to put too much pressure on you, but we either make the tournament or don't make the tournament because of you, Fluffopotamus. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, do your best, I guess. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, forget so Kyra. Forget Petty. It's all on him. Yeah. It's just all on Fluffy. Is it? Do people call him Fluffy? I don't know. Probably, but I, I, I mean, I, he, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with Luke. Yeah, but you know, it's too confusing with me. Um, That's true. Although he's, he sounds like I mean, he's still guys. in school and he's ten times as successful as I am already. I mean, he's got to be one of those guys that gets paid by Twitter for just having all these followers and shit, right? I mean, he's just a, he's a superstar. At the same age, at the same age, he looks a lot like our good mutual friend Shane Youngblood. That is, oh my God, that is kind of weird. He <laughs> doesn't have to say that. Everybody that listens knows Shane Youngblood from the former BOL, former BOL contributor. You know, back when I was in school, if you ever had followers, you had to call the campus police. Get no respect. <laughs> we didn't have Twitter. That's where that comes from. That's pretty good. Um, that's pretty good. That's it. And you know what? I feel like I wasted that joke in the moment. That could have been better. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Somewhere. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, all right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Bama. And we'll be back tomorrow talking a little bit about the Alabama-Auburn basketball game. Probably wrap up some of these superlatives and maybe get into some of your thoughts on 2021, guys. Excellent. I'll be ready. Recruits, that is, not not just guys, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> well, we uh, you know, after all... we, we need that crystal clear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Tommy from down in the Mobile area, he's a... <laughs> he, I think he's going to do big things. Well, we were just talking about how hot Brad Pitt is, so we need, to, I know we, need that's some, what... we need some clarification there. All right, buddy, roll tide. Roll tide.